There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. It's time for Word Foolery Wednesday. Word Foolery Wednesday on LMFM with Grace Tierney. Oh, I was waiting for that all morning. I love it. It is another word foolery with author Grace Turney where we explore the interesting and sometimes downright weird origin stories behind word, uh, words. And this week our words are brought to you by the letter J because we're delving into the backstories of words like jinx and jacuzzi and lots more. I'm delighted to have the woman with a way with words on the line, author Grace Tierney from Stamullen. How are you doing, Grace? Do you like your I'm- theme song? I'm very well and I'm sitting here with a big smile on my face because I love the theme jingle. Very good. (laughs) Top work. Top work. Absolutely. Now we're going to get straight into it because um, I think your first word could have been the mystery word for me because I hadn't actually heard of a jack and ape. Ah, right. Okay. I I had, all right. So I did kind of roughly know what it meant, but uh, I don't think it's used that much anymore. However, I think you will get the hang of it pretty easily. And before we get started, I have to apologize to anybody who's called Jack, because, uh, yeah, there's going to be a bit of shade thrown towards people called Jack. I'm very sorry. I, I think people called Jack are fine. I'm just <laughs> saying that up front. Um, so basically, if you've ever called somebody a cheeky monkey, you're on the right track to jack and apes, okay? So the definition of jack and apes, you can either say it's an impudent or conceited man, apparently not a woman, which I love, um, a cheeky or mischievous child, so if you're saying cheeky monkey to a child, um, or an actual monkey or ape, okay? Uh, It's quite an old word, and yeah, it has largely fallen out of use now, but it, you know, it's still in my dictionary anyway. Um, so Jack and Apes was first used during the 1400s um, and it is in some Shakespearean plays. So Shakespeare wrote, I will teach a scurvy Jack and Ape priest to meddle or make. Uh, so oh, he was yeah. very happy with the priest he, he is, for some reason yeah. in his play. I mean, it's got Shakespeare uh, written all over it that. It really does. Jack it kind of does. <laughs> yeah. And Shakespeare was a great man for using like very vernacular colloquial slang. Yes. He, he threw everything in and he made plenty of stuff up as well we could do an entire year of stuff about Shakespearean words um, but this one's kind of fun because there's two rival stories for its origins and actually both of them are quite good so the first one claims that Jack and Apes comes from English history uh, the Hundred Years War uh, to be precise which was from 1337 to 1453 so actually slightly longer than 100 years if you do your maths um, but one of the main commanders on the English side was the Duke of Suffolk uh, William de la Pole and when English lost its territories in northern France, a large chunk of the blame was laid at his door rather than the king's. 
to such an extent that uh, the poor man was actually murdered for it. Um, but he was nicknamed, and probably to mock his military failure, he was nicknamed as Jack Natus. And Jack was a common term for somebody that you deemed below you in society. Apologies again to all the Jacks out there. <laughs> um, the AP part was a reference to the Duke's crest, which featured a thing called an ape's clog. So oh. obviously apes don't wear clogs. No. But this was a weight used with a chain to restrain a captive uh, monkey or primate like a performing monkey mm-hmm. so a bit like a ball and chain type thing I think um, and the assumption is that Jack and Apis gradually slurred with use into Jack and Apes and that kind of stuff does happen in language a lot but uh, there is a second theory that Jack was a term for monkey and that Napes could be connected to the town of Naples in Italy so Naples at the time and still is a very busy seaport uh, exported loads of different things so for example they exported fustian cloth which is a uh, kind of a rough kind of hemp-like cloth um, and it was called Fustian and Napes to indicate that its source was Naples. So it's not a massive leap to think that they also exported captive monkeys and apes and hence we got Jack and Apes. But the twist that I love is that there's actually a female version as well. Oh. So you can have a Jane of Apes and she was defined as a pert or forward girl and I just obviously Jane is a really common name but I love the link back to uh, Tarzan whose girlfriend was called Jane yes. so she was Jane of Apes I love that that is brilliant and actually uh, my name means Jane in English so there you go I'm very forward I didn't person. know that there I didn't go. know that's what Sinead meant yeah, oh there you yeah, go there you're you go. Jane of Apes the Jane of Apes <laughs> uh, now this next one I love because I used to play a game with my siblings and friends all of the time with this word because uh, when you said the same word uh, together at the same time it was known as jinx but I know it has obviously a different meaning it does, of course. And lots of people, I mean, even my kids are not trendy enough to not use jinx now. And then if somebody, if two people say the same thing, then you say jinx. Um, but it, it's actually come into the English language twice in two different locations. So once in America and once in England, and it has really old roots. Uh, so I think we've been saying jinx for a long time. Um so the earliest one is the 1690s um, jinx was used to describe a spell or a charm but it comes from jinx spelled slightly differently uh, in Latin and in Greek because of a bird that was used in predicting the future so the jinx which is nowadays called a wryneck is a small woodpecker bird with dull brown and grey plumage so not like a a really pretty bright coloured one that you might think of but a a, a smaller one Uh, it's native to Europe I wasn't able to discover exactly how they used it to predict the future but given the ancient Greeks love for reading entrails I fear the bird might not have survived those particular rituals Um, but it does feature in Greek mythology as well so in one story the jinx was a nymph the daughter of Pan and Echo and she cast a love spell on Zeus and Hera uh, on a love spell on Zeus and then his wife Hera turned her into a bird called the Jinx in revenge. Oh, that's um, good. In another story, she dared to pit her musical talent against the muses. This is always a path to doom, can I tell you? The muses were very touchy and they turned her into a bird for her presumption. So it's kind of connected with misfortune and okay. hence we get Jinx. But it's also in American English. So it only gets to America in the 1900s, early 1900s, and it was baseball slang. So if a player or a team is subject to a jinx, then they've had a long losing losing streak um, until they can shake off their jinx. And it's unclear if that came from the Greek myths or the birds or some other source. But basically, they still have jinxes in baseball. 
I love that. So many different meanings around the word jinx. I really love that. Uh, okay, our next word. Someone, something tells me that you were re- revisiting your work on words the sea gave us for this one. <laughs> Tell me about jetsam. I was. I was casting around <coughs> for other words that started with J. So I checked the <laughs> index of the book. Funnily enough, there was one that started with J. And I liked this one. I remember researching it. So maritime legal terms. Okay, I know that sounds dry, but they're kind of interesting. So I always hear flotsam and jetsam together. Yes, me right? too. Yeah. So I was like, what the heck? Yeah, what the heck is the difference? So there is a difference, right? So flotsam is floating wreckage from a ship or its cargo. So it must be afloat. So if your mast was ripped off your yacht in a storm, that's flotsam. Okay. okay? It comes from old German words for floating, uh, first used in the 1600s. Jetsam, same time period. It's part of a ship its equipment or its cargo, which is deliberately cast overboard, uh, particularly in a time of distress. So you might throw uh, crates and water barrels yes. overboard to lighten the load in a storm or if you wanted to go, go quicker to get away from pirates. So it's essentially littering the sea. So we don't really approve of jetsam, but it's connected to jettison to throw something away. So kind of makes sense. So one's floating and one is being thrown. And then there's two more. So there's lagging, which is cargo on the seabed which can be reclaimed and derelict which is cargo on the seabed which nobody has any hope of reclaiming so there's all these technical terms but flotsam and jetsam are the ones we use I love that that is yeah and like like you say immediately I was thinking because I'm a big fan of this movie of uh, The Little Mermaid where the evil eels are called Flotsam and Jetsam are they? Yeah. Oh, that's a really good reference no yeah. I, I've seen Little Mermaid but it's a long time ago so there you go that's a little tidbit for you uh, so jacuzzi this is just an amazing word even the word is inviting you know what I mean I love this it's kind of fun. I, I really like the letter Z. I know this is ridiculous to have a favourite letter. And this one has two Zs in it. So it's like up there for me anyway. Um, but so it's a trademarked system of underwater jets used to massage the body. But I didn't realise that there was originally a Mr. Jacuzzi. So oh, it's wow. named after a family. So the creator of the Jacuzzi was Candido Jacuzzi, which is a heck of a name. And he was a very interesting chap. So he was born the youngest of seven brothers and six sisters uh, quite a lot of children yes um and the family emigrated from Italy to California in the early 1900s now they seemed likely to prosper with a family aircraft engineering company but when their monoplane crashed on its very first flight their mother basically put her foot down and said there will be no more of that <laughs> we are not doing any more flying <laughs> stuff so they moved into the field of fluid dynamics and developed a garden water pump Fair enough. Then in 1943, one of the children of the family uh, came down with rheumatoid arthritis and they built a similar pump to work in their home bathtub to ease the child's disease with hydrotherapy and then created a niche business selling these to hospitals and schools. This is all very well. Then in 1968, Roy Jacuzzi, who's the third generation member of this expanding uh, Italian-American family, spotted the commercial potential of their invention outside of medical settings and he added heating to the creation. So oh, I think genius. up until then it has been cold. Okay, nobody's going to want to get in there, yeah. Exactly. So he makes a hot, essentially a hot tub and uh, jacuzzis were born. But it's the whole family, really, across three generations made the jacuzzis. 
I love that. And as soon as I go to a hotel, I'm like, bring me to the pool and the jacuzzi, like straight away. It's just like, it's got that holiday thing that you just do when you're going away for a couple of nights. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Jacuzzi. Okay, we've had so many. Uh, there's brilliant ones coming in. We had um, Flamin' Eamon has been on. He's, uh, this is our word, Jergoggle. I think it's the German version of How She Cutting. So how she jergoggling? I don't know how that would work, but I love that. Okay. <laughs> um, somebody else coming in here. Uh, uh, what's this one now? Um, oh, actually, this is sorry. This is different. Hi, Sinead. You're, you're on the letter J. I hear the word juncture now. Uh, I don't hear the word juncture so much. Um, never heard of it. Uh, oh, no, sorry. She's saying she, I hear the word juncture a lot now. A word I hadn't heard of in the past. Love the show, says Laura. So maybe juncture might be one that we come back to. But thank you so much for that, Laura. Um, yeah. Uh, lot, a lot of people saying that the uh, jar goggles are to do with being drunk and being jarred and having drunk goggles on. What on earth does it mean, Grace? Because <laughs> I, do you know, I just know your listeners very well. So if I put in anything that sounds remotely like drinking, the suggestions are always <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> so I couldn't resist that one. Um, and also, I just like the word. It sounds funny. It's just inherently funny, I think. Um, it is an obsolete English word. Uh, so again, I am campaigning for a comeback. I really just want the dictionary to get bigger and bigger. Um, so to jar goggle is a verb and it means to jumble or confuse. <gasps> and it dates to the late 1600s. Uh, its origins are currently lost, but there is a suggestion of a connection to the word jargon, which I think most people oh, would yes. know jargon, uh, which arrived in English from Old French to describe idle talk, idle talk and thieves slang. So its meaning has changed over time. But yeah, so we don't know exactly where we got jar goggle from. And we do have other words for jumbling and confusion. But let's be honest, jar goggle is the most fun. And I I'm totally with one of your listeners said this and I agree. So if we can say that somebody's wearing beer goggles after a few pints <laughs> that they're eyeing up people and thinking they're prettier than they actually are, then surely we drink jars in Ireland and couldn't we be jar goggled? Yes, that was Matty and RD. I love it. Absolutely brilliant. And uh, yeah, we are actually getting one in on uh, to be confused, which I, I think I suspect a Googling might have happened there. <laughs> but look, we're all for all the suggestions. But I have to say our winner today of the the two books is Deirdre and Yellow Batter who says she thinks it's the official language spoken by turkeys which is absolutely brilliant uh, so Deirdre you're getting the books thank you so much Grace as always thank you so much for a highly entertaining and interesting word foolery we'll chat to you again next month absolutely lovely to talk to you talk to you soon bye 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 uh, you can get more information by the way on uh, Grace she's got some great books out there you can uh, the latest one is Words the Vikings Gave Us you can find out more information on her work on wordfoolery.wordpress.com 11 to 1 with when you make decisions for your company you look for the no-brainers if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. 
Are you ready for truly hydrated skin? Meet Hyaluronic Body Serum, a breakthrough in body care from Osea. It's clinically proven to instantly increase hydration by 161%. Their lightweight, fast-absorbing serum delivers 24 hours of non-stop hydration for silky smooth skin without the sticky afterfeel. Osea's latest innovation combines the magic of their best-selling Hyaluronic Sea Serum with a new formula that's good for the whole body and five types of hyaluronic acid to target every layer of the skin. Osea is a women-founded, women-led brand that's been crafting seaweed-powered products for nearly 30 years. The best part? Everything Osea makes is clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Treat your skin to clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code SUMMER at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com code SUMMER.